I'm back, baby. Oh, my double crap. Do you know who I am? Oh, but maybe if you hung a few bars. Yes, sir, random kid I just met. You know, this man's forgotten more about pain than you'll ever remember. About pain. About forgetting about. It's Jake C. Lee. I am the low rating that cancels your program. I thought you were made of sterner stuff. Don't be jealous because I'm attractive. You know what? You just made the list. <laughs> oh, wait, you serious? Let me laugh even harder. It's time to check. I like that. I didn't do anything wrong because I can't do anything wrong. Hooray! People are paying attention to me. It's all in sports. Yo! Welcome, everybody. It is all in sports with Jake Seeley. You know me. You follow me, hopefully, already at All In Kid. And I'm going to ask you right off the top. Go subscribe. Well, actually, you can't yet. So what's? I'll I'll keep reminding you to, and hopefully you don't forget once it happens. But you're gonna subscribe, give it five stars on the iTunes, and all that super great stuff because this is free. This is fun. This is for you guys to listen in your ear enjoyment every single week. But uh, to keep it going and keep it free and all that type of stuff, you gotta subscribe and help this to be easy to find and make my bosses see it and say, you know what? We appreciate you doing this in your free time. So you can keep doing it instead of, hey, we need to do more stuff that you're getting paid for, which, by the way, if you don't know already, I'm at The Athletic now, theathletic.com, very easy to find. Under the fantasy section, I am the senior writer at The Athletic. You can find everything there. You can find my stuff on Twitter. I tweet it all out anyway at All In Kids. So you already know all these things, I think, if you're already listening to this show because you probably found it on Twitter and you probably checked the link and clicked on it and that's how you got here. But in any case, because... This is a brand new show. It is all in sports. I am going to have a giveaway in September. I'm going to do that for the fans, just like we did with the signed Adam Thielen jersey. Very similar, even better this time. So stay tuned for that. So there's no better way to have the very first episode of All In Sports than to probably have my two favorite people because, yeah, why not? You know, what else? Who else am I going to get on this show? Like Adam Rank? Yeah, that would have been great, except he was too busy. Sorry. So Joe Pizapia and Chris Meany, who's been working on a pipeline somewhere and had a couple months to shower. What's going on, guys? (laughs) So I'm like the second... So yeah. I just want to know, I'm like the second favorite bald football guy who likes wrestling. That's basically where I fall into play. Is that it? Uh, you, you you know you were both the first pre- people I called. I just I know. I know. Yeah, you're Take, just... Yeah. He's on vacation rank anyway. He just had a kid and he's still on vacation. I don't know how you do that. I don't know how that works. That's tough. God bless him, man. Yeah. Yes, well, for yes. people that might not know and been living under a rock, Joe, tell people mm-hmm. besides the black book, everything that you're up to, so people know what you're doing and where to find you and to listen to your golden era voice. Well, I'm everywhere, which is great for me. I love it. I'm a, very, a big fan of me being everywhere. I'm omnipresent here. Uh, yeah, the Fantasy Black Book uh, had a great year in uh, football sales, which is terrific. I want to thank all those folks. Plus, we got the uh, football – I mean, just not even the football, the Black Book podcast, I should say, which is myself and uh, the Welsh and Scott Bogman from In This League. Uh, we've been going strong all summer, uh, and it is hilarious. All the episodes are all downloadable and on demand anywhere you listen to podcasts. It's a great show. So we're rocking and rolling as we get into the season there. And, you know, you're not the only one who could be on TV. I was <clears throat> on a little CBS New York this weekend, Jake Seeley talking football, wearing a tie and looking fancy. Whoa. So uh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, come come yeah, at me. Joke's on you. When I was on TV, I didn't wear a dumb tie because I'm cool enough not to. I, I don't know if you're cool enough not to. I I think I'm cool enough to to look suave. I think that's. I mean, Meanie, you're a tie guy when you're on TV, aren't you? 
I, you know what? I was to start, and then I did. I, I slowly, I slowly lost the tie. But I have worn it before, and I have seen you on there with the tie. And I will say, it is sharp for sure. Uh, pocket square and everything. Yo, go all out. Top notch. Yeah, you have to. If, well, if you're me, gonna wear the tie, you might as well put in the pocket square, and then you're gonna look. Fantastic. Me also knows that when I wear the tie, I don't, I don't pull it all the way up. I'm like the five o'clock. I just got home from work. It's not kind of pulled all the way up type of tie. Look at yeah, you. It's, loose at the neck right too yeah. tight for you one of those yeah. guys yeah. <laughs> that's also jake's team name loose at the neck <laughs> loose at the neck yeah <laughs> one of those guys all right yeah. chris. <laughs> so what, where, where can everybody find you chris besides working on the oil line working down 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 <laughs> yeah it was a pretty good intro they're all oiled up yes i spent some time at west as in the oil fields but football season is upon us so uh like joe doing a lot of stuff over at Fan Tracks, I have a podcaster at the season. Gonna, that's going to launch next week. And and hopefully Joe and I will be doing some stuff Sunday morning, taking some questions as part of Fan Tracks as well for some football stuff. Recorded the first DFS podcast last night, Fantasy Footballers. So look for that every single week. Nice. Doing some stuff uh, with playpicks.com as well. And I'm um, going to lead some some football draft guide stuff. I'll, well, the draft guide's basically out. But it continue to do some football stuff throughout the year with fan tracks. So. I love how they can't kill us, no matter what they do. Like, no. They can't stop all of us from getting together and doing stuff. That's right. I love that, no matter no matter what. I mean, that says a lot about us. Either we're just completely uh, impossible and we refuse to listen to anyone, or like, or we're just awesome. I'm not sure which one. We don't even live in the same country. We hang out. That's that? true. Hey, you know what I love too. I, I, you know, the better response is when people ask you what were you doing this summer, meaning you just say, "I was laying pipe." Oh, <laughs> oh, not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, like <laughs> so, this show because it's the first of this one, and then at the timing of what it's going to be is there's going to be a lot of strategy stuff because it's that time of year, and hopefully you still have a draft or two left, and it doesn't mean nothing to you at this point. But some of it's regular season stuff, too. And then we have the bigger news items. We'll see how much we get to, because uh, Joe's got kids, Chris got pipe. There's a lot of things to take care of. Over here. <laughs> well, so, if you lay enough pipe, that's what happens. You end up with kids. <laughs> yes. So let's start with the very first one, which, Joe, you know how much I hate. And I want to get to that one first. So it's not even the order that I gave you because I want to talk about the one I hate first. And that's strength of schedule, which is the I was most... going to say, you really think we look at the, at the sheet? No, no. Oh, here okay. we go. Now we no, got to honor Benny if he's not here. You know? <laughs> but then he says he did it. But they say he does. And then he says he it was just a bit. Like he kind of looked at it. He, he glances. He gives one glance. And that's it. Yeah. yeah. And then it's forgets 90% of right. it because it's whatever he retains. No brain cells. That's it. Yeah. That's <laughs> what's left. <laughs> So in any case, when drafting for a strength of schedule, you know how I feel. Totally bunk, 100% bunk. But I've been trying to say there's a there's an angle you can look at, and it's strength of opponent. And people have heard me say that before. And you guys have heard me say that before. And one of the perfect examples, as I keep talking about, is Brandon Cooks this year because Brandon Cooks faced eight of the top 10 corners from Pro Football Focus last year, 12 or 13 out of the top 50 last year, depending on how you look at one of them. He's like right on the fringe. He was 52, so I'm going to call him 50. In any case, point being, I know they're not going to shadow him. Not all of them are like Patrick Peterson, not a shadow corner. All that being said, that's still the hell of a schedule to look at. If you look at running backs, you say, all right, the defensive line that he's facing, if somebody was facing the Vikings all 16 weeks versus facing you know, the Giants and what they, we saw last year and their changes for this year, not knowing what it's going to be, you'd feel a lot worse about the person facing the Vikings. So that's where I say strength of opponent matters, Joe, but also when it comes down to the draft, I'm, I'm not moving people that much anyway because it's already – you know, baked into the cost that I have with a player. Like, you know, if somebody, it's neck and neck, 
maybe that'll swing me a little bit, but hell, if I'm even looking at week 14 when the draft's here. Well, yeah, that's just idiotic to look that far ahead. And you basically made the point I was going to make, which is if it's between two guys, something like that will enter into my psyche and my thought process in order to make that decision, as it should. Because, you know, the little things do matter, and paying attention to details absolutely matters. And we always talk about player value and format and how to maximize that. But, you know, the one thing is certain across the board in all formats, which is what you're talking about, strength of opponent. And uh, if you play DFS, this is where some of that kind of starts to filter in. We start to understand better about how these things work in terms of matchups. And I think that it's something that I'm not going out of my way to worry about, but it's something that I try to be aware of. So that when it comes down to two players that I like or two players in the same round, that maybe, you know, somebody who I like the way the schedule breaks down for them against the certain opponents, whether it be cornerback matchups or defenses that have historically, you know, been bad against the tight end or something like that. And there's two tight ends there. And I know they've got the Giants coming up on their schedule. You know, that that makes me, you know, still go that route. So I think it's a it's a good way to define and to make a choice. Yeah, you should be aware. You know, 100 percent. Like you have to be aware of the schedule. But I agree with both of you guys. I, I've done this before in the past with Amari Cooper, especially. He kind of pops out to me over the past couple of years. Like, uh, is he going to be playing Denver week 14 or 15? And, and because Cooper's just been invisible over those those previous games inside the division over the past couple of years. And it's, it's something that maybe like what Joe was talking about. OK, maybe I won't take Cooper. Uh, and I'll take Demarius Thomas, for example. But it's just something to be aware of. It's more just have it in the back of your mind for when you get into the halfway point of the season. You start buying low and selling high on some of these guys. I, I know three of us got together and we talked about uh, Keenan Allen, I think, one year. About Keenan Allen's struggles. We, I think he had a game against Jacksonville. He had another tough corner matchup. And then all of a sudden the schedule got it completely soft and he was a great buy low candidate. So just keep in mind those situations. Guys are not moving around my rankings because strength schedule. I agree. Uh, look at the opponent and stuff like that. But again, it's draft day. you got to get to the playoffs. You can't be worried about week 14, 15 on day one. Well, and to your point about it in the season, too, this, that stuff's going to change. The perfect example that I keep yeah. using from last year was, hey, look, the Falcons faced the Saints in weeks 14 and 16 year playoffs. And then we get there and it's like, oh, no, the Falcons faced the Saints in weeks 14 <laughs> and 16 of the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, there's little things you could look at, like the Jags. Like, I, I, one guy came at me and asked me about Corey Davis. Like, he didn't want to draft Corey Davis because he played Jacksonville week 14, first week of playoffs. So, like, you got to get there. You can't be worried about week 14. Like, yeah. Corey Davis is a fine player. There's some value. There's some upside. Take the guy. What if two, like, three fourths of their secondary is injured at that point? Like, you just, you don't yeah, know. I mean, you happen. talked about the Giants. The Giants, at the beginning of last season, were a defense you were worried about. Second half, it was, oh my God, load up people against the Giants. So, exactly. all right. Next part, Joe, uh, benches when you're drafting. You know how I feel. It's the Greg Jennings rule. If you're never going to start the player, what the hell are they doing on your bench? That's true. I love that a guy has his own named rule after him in your if universe. If I ever meet him, I'm going to apologize. I'm going <laughs> to well, let you know that. I actually <laughs> have, just have a rule. My, mine was something called the Larry Walker rule, which is no matter how much talent you have, if you're never on the field, I can't take you on my team. So I, I always had the Larry Walker list, I used to call it. <laughs> so that's you, know, you know, like 95% of the people right now don't know what baseball is, right? Uh, that's fine. Uh, but, you know, but, <laughs> Larry Walker's a beauty. All the Canadians listening there because of Chris Mead being on the show, right. they know who Larry hey, Walker Chris, is. Is he, in the Cana- is he like in a Canadian Hall of Fame or something? I imagine. Yeah, yeah. He's a, it's like he's him a- and Bret Hart and Nickelback. <laughs> <laughs> Nickelback. Oh, you, uh, you forgot. Is it like Larry Shania Walker's Twain from up there or something? Sad. 
Shania yeah. Twain is from up here, yes. Uh, but Larry Walker's great. Obviously, he spent some time with the Expos as well. So he's, yeah, he's loved uh, north of the border. But at any rate, to answer your oh, question, Jake. Wait, 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 hold on, what? hold on, hold on. Right. We're forget, like, it, one of the, the best Canadian ever is Chris Jericho. Oh, that's true. Well, yeah, he has his own shrine. I don't think he, he, don't, he doesn't have a, like, he doesn't go into the Hall of Fame. They build a Hall of Fame to there him. There should be I one of those things, like, where they're the animatronic when you walk by and it's the sensor. So every time you walk by, it goes, check the list. <laughs> <laughs> when, they, when you walk through the doors, it's it says, drink it in, man. Yeah. yeah. I oh, love there it. you go, uh, too. Uh, but in terms of bench, you're absolutely right. And this is something I try to drive home in the black book too. you know, take talent, take guys with upside, take guys that you think that are going to make your lineup, take guys that, um, aren't the sexiest player, but you know, CJ Anderson probably has a role. You know, there's a perfect example of a guy nobody seems to want, but my God, there's no way you can look at that offense. And even if you think McCaffrey is going to increase his workload, which I'm sure he is that CJ Anderson is going to be talking about him in a second. Well, I know we are, but I'm, I'm just saying, you know, the idea of what your bench is for, your bench is to help your lineup. Your bench is not just to sit on a player that is not going to ever play or ever make an impact. And what I mean by that is the handcuff running back necessarily who is just, you know, that guy. Well, it would take X, Y, and Z in order for this guy to happen, but I really like his talent. Well, that's great. That's what the waiver wire is for. Yeah, no, well said. I think I think CJ is a, is a great example as well. I mean, a couple of drafts I've done recently, he just keeps falling and falling and falling. And of, of course, there's so much hype with McCaffrey. But CJ Anderson had a good year last year, over a thousand yards for the first time in his career. He's kind of betting on himself. He'd probably steal a couple goal line touchdowns away if you're playing in a standard league and he falls down to around 13, 14. I don't think it's a bad flyer. Another guy's Latavius Murray. Like, I think he's going to be involved in this offense. The Minnesota Vikings are going to be one of the highest scoring teams in football. Cook's coming off an injury, and you have to look at game script. And some people may think you're looking into it too much, but if Minnesota, for example, is home favorites week one by 10, you don't think Murray's going to touch the ball in the second half and have some value in deeper formats. So, yeah, it's nice to have a Connor and Edmonds and, you know, some guys that can fill out and, and be you know, potential RB1s or low end RB1s if something happens. But that's a big if. And things are going to happen. I'm okay with in a deeper format grabbing Edmonds if you have DJ or maybe John Kelly if you have Todd Gurley and just protecting that pick. And it, but it has to be a deeper league and a ten man. There's no point in rostering those players. Right. I mean, I look at a draft that I was just in recently, and I know it's tight ends, but it's a great example. So team with Travis Kelsey has Jack Doyle from the twelfth round. You have the guy with Gronkowski has Vance McDonald from the fourteenth round. And I'm just looking at these things, and you know, it's, there's other names here too. There's like. Frank Gore in the 13th and, you know, backup quarterback. Like Instead of drafting the Spencer Ware in case something happens to Kareem Hunt and now you have a top 15 running back on your hands or Chris Ivory and LaShawn McCoy gets hurt or Christian Kirk breaks out and surprises everybody for the Cardinals. Like, you want the people that could turn into starters. You don't want the best case scenario to be, hey, I got somebody for my bye. Yeah, Jordan Wilkins could be one of those guys this year. I mean, if you did a draft early enough last year, Alvin Kamara was like a 12th to 14th round pick. Like, he just was. And look how he turned out. So no, if you did a draft right after the draft, Kamara was pretty much undrafted. <laughs> yeah, he was, yeah, yeah, he went undrafted in my first draft. Draft. And yeah, he went uh, undrafted. So. Do, we, do, we get a, do we get a dollar every time we say draft? Is that what's happening? Because yeah. I like in on that. Draft, draft, draft. Okay. Yeah, I think so. I actually <clears throat> sent somebody an email about that the other day. I, who was it? It was he was asking about his draft, and I was like, "It was good that you have this in the lineup. I really like this good play." Blah blah blah. And then I just put "good" at the end of the email because I sent <laughs> so many texts. <laughs> well, you know what? The other thing that you could use the bench for too is short-term gain, which I, I got a player like a Jonathan Williams who 
might very well yeah. excel in that Mark Ingram role in that offense just because we're talking about Kamara. And, you know, I always say the same thing. You'll get off to a good start. These people who want to play for week six, seven, eight, nine, ten, like you got to get there, man. You got to be relevant by the time you get six weeks into the season. And you start off one and five. That's a long road to hoe. That's a, that's really hard. That's a lot of pipe that you got <laughs> to lay. You know, lay. It's down a lot of pipe you got to lay. In order to make that extension into the playoffs. You see what I did there? Uh, but I, I also think that there's there's a lot of times where you don't like people don't focus enough on the short term. You know, I know people want to look at defenses and things like that. Well, why don't you look at some of the defenses that might have some good matchups with some soft offenses in the first couple of weeks and just the Ravens, <laughs> the Ravens. <laughs> yeah. Get off to that hot start. Right. Short term goals. Start. Uh, you know what? Before we talk about some of the other strategies, I want to talk about two of the players that were brought up in this conversation. First, the Christian McCaffrey thing. So. All right. I, what I said, Chris, was the Panthers so far are doing one of two things. Either they're sitting there laughing at us that laughed at them for saying 25 to 30 touches for McCaffrey was stupid and nobody believed them. So now they're laughing at us and say, you know what? That's exactly what's happening. Or this is the biggest bluff in the history of football in the preseason is just this big joke. And we're going to get to week one and it's going to be a 50-50 split with C.J. Anderson. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be a 50-50 split. And... It is a big joke, but I think they believe it. Like, I think they want to well, give so McCaffrey then, like 25 said, 30 touches, but it's just not going to happen. Right. Well, so that's where I said that's scenario three that actually exists in yeah. this where they are going to do that and they're going to get the man destroyed and killed by week seven. Yeah, it's certainly possible. I mean, I, I again, going back to CJ Anderson, I think he's a great asset to have on this team. Like, it's such an upgrade over Jonathan Stewart to sprinkle in a little CJ Anderson who can run between the tackles and we've just. Chris McCaffrey's really just not that guy. He can get five or six carries, sure, but I mean, he caught 80 balls last year. That's probably going to happen. He's going to, I think he's going to flirt with 120 to 25, 30 carries in the ground, but he's not a guy that I think is going to touch the ball 25, 30 times a game. It's just, I just don't see it happening again. If they go down that route, it's just, it's just not smart. It, it like, <laughs> they could sprinkle a little CJ Anderson and still be a, a productive team well, especially if they the want to be a playoff team right exactly I think, yeah. I think that's the whole thing it's the goal it, the goal is that and i think a lot of this is going to come to game script for certain opponents where mccaffrey can really excel where i believe that it's going to fluctuate anywhere between a 50 50 split depending on the matchup all the way to a 70 30 on the mccaffrey side i don't think it's ever going to drop below the 50 personally which is good news for mccaffrey i think that overall if you look at his productivity last year which was a very good season for a rookie uh, you know, overall purpose yards, everything you want. I think you'd like some more touchdowns, but look, that that might come for a little bit more touches this year potentially. But that's also not how this offense is currently constructed. And I would say this for McCaffrey: if if he just increases his overall production by ten to ten percent, that's a that's a staggeringly fantastic move forward for him. And I, I think C.J. Anderson will still be relevant. I think this will be a week-to-week thing. I think at DFS, you can pick and choose your your ideas and matchups. But on a weekly basis, McCaffrey's going to be a solid investment, and he's going to be more than he was last year. But this notion that he's going to be Todd Gurley in terms of carrying the football and attempts and all that stuff, it's nuts. It's no not chance. It's not a good way to protect your investment in McCaffrey if you're the Carolina Panthers. So here's the scenario, though. If they do, and somehow he survives 15 games, like let's just let's paint this picture. Let's ma- let's make this a reality just for today's conversation. And they give him forget the 25. We like that's just. I mean, David Johnson and Le'Veon Bell are the guys that are doing it 25 plus times a game, and that's about it. So throw out the 25. Let's say 
they give him 15 carries a game. And then so you add in the fifth, five to six receptions, and now we're talking about 20 on average. We'll say 20 every single week. So we're talking about about 200 carries, about 80, 90 receptions, as you're talking about, Chris. And now we're talking about somebody who rushes for 900, catches another 600, has 1,500 yards. And said, guess what? He's now in the top five. Put him in the hall. <laughs> I'm just – no, no. It's, it's, you know, you say that, but I'm just saying if the Panthers are in – and somehow he survives. That's, that's my point. It's like somehow he stays healthy for 15 games, touching the ball 20 times a game. He is. That's a scenario that we're facing here. If this actually happens, he's going to be in the top five. Well, Jake, I, I want to say that, you know, it's also how smartly you get him the football. You know, I think there's, yes. there's a difference between trying to run him in between the tackles and there's a difference between continuously finding ways to get him out in space. And I think that's the difference. It's it's the way that you're going to utilize Christian McCaffrey that that number can increase to those amounts. But I'll tell you what, if you want to start running him in between the tackles and he starts running up a guy like Aaron Donald and those kind of big boys, it's going to be a short lifespan well, some, for him. Joe, you appreciate it. Somebody made the argument. I mean, so out of college, I actually said he could handle more than people think he can. Now, I wasn't saying he should handle 20 carries per game because, as you're saying, when you talk about carries versus touches, the right. carries sit. Yeah, can you, carries are insinuated. You're running a lot between the tackles. So somebody's like, well, look at how many touches he had in college and he never got hurt. Oh, so I, I want to let you know, the Pac-12 defenses are just a spit different than what you're facing <laughs> in the NFL. Wow, yeah. that's... Oh, God. It, Go ahead, Chris, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and, you know, the whole notion of 20 carries i mean he's never done it in the nfl he had looking at his game log last year he had three games with double digit carries and one was the first game of the season he had 13 and then didn't do it till the midway point he had 15 and then again 12 so this guy's gonna i mean he has no experience handling the rock like 15 times a game you know what i mean right. so i just i, I just don't right, well, see here's it a fun one yeah, we we yeah, talked about him a lot one. last year. This is and I I have gone down the path where I am taking McCaffrey over him, and I have a feeling you guys probably will agree, but maybe not. I was, Joe, it's our it's our boy, Joe Mixon or Christian McCaffrey's on the board. Who are you taking? Uh I'm probably taking McCaffrey in the half. Of, and you said in a, in a PPR, you said standard. I'm sorry. I didn't even say. I'm you didn't taking, say. I think you I'm did. taking him in all three formats. Yeah, I am too. You're taking McCaffrey in all three. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, I I, I agree. The standard one gives me pause. Because of the touchdowns there, because I still worry about Cam Newton. I still worry about CJ Anderson. And I, I, I feel like in the standard where the touchdown is the dividing line for me. Well, then here's so the sad question. That, I mean, I, get... in any PPR half or full, I would go McCaffrey and I wouldn't even think about it. But the standard really does give me pause. Yeah, I, I think ahead, I think Chris. about it. I think about it, too, a little bit. Um you know, with Mixon and what they have three rushing touchdowns last year, Cincinnati. The, 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 yeah, that's well, going to bring up. The line There's concerns slightly. with both offensive lines. Yeah, well, both offensive lines are bad, but they're they're definitely going to have an opportunity. Like, he's not Joe Mixon's not going to have three rushing touchdowns this year. That's just insane. No, no. but you nailed it, Joe. It, it's about giving the ball to McCaffrey in space, and I think they know that, and we've seen that uh, multiple times last year. And having CJ there again, and what they can do with two running backs, you know, move well, guys no, around. Has there ever been a team that said we want to give a running back it not in like let's, let's give him a, <laughs> like a cluster of people around him every right, time he touches but, the I ball? Mean, that's different than CJ. They're not doing that for CJ. They're not lining up wide for for Anderson. Okay, yeah, just I know. The ball behind I just want people. I just so, wanted you yeah. to clarify what I knew what you were trying to say. <laughs> Fair enough. But yeah, McCaffrey's the guy for me over all three formats. Hey, all you offensive linemen, stand over there. We're going to give him the ball when there's five dudes in his face. <laughs> That's Let's hot. do that once against the Pats. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Here. Yeah. What was? Oh, that was that punt. Remember oh. that punt? That fake punt formation where it was like the one blocker. Yes. Remember? 
Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's going to work out well. Let's see how that goes. Yeah. So we kind of yeah, we, we got into the handcuffs. So, so just real quick, I don't think we need to spend a lot of time on that. I've always been of the opinion, Joe, that handcuffs don't really matter until you get to the bye weeks are either over or almost over. And right when you kind of get around to your trade deadline, some of the leagues might be different. That's why I bring up all three of those. But in that range of the middle of the season, a little bit later than the middle of the season, because when you're drafting – Handcuffs to me, I'd rather have the depth, and sometimes having somebody else's handcuff is better. And if you look at it, I'm going to make the counter argument that I always make to everybody who come back. Well, yeah, but but if Le'Veon Bell gets hurt, well, okay, let's look at it that way. If Le'Veon Bell gets hurt, you have James Conner. You still have one running back. If you have Le'Veon Bell and he gets hurt and you have Spencer Ware, you might get screwed. But what if you have Le'Veon Bell who stays healthy and Kareem Hunt gets hurt, and you have Spencer Ware, and now you have two running backs. So that's what I'm looking at is the first two scenarios, you're always down to one running back. At least with that third scenario, you could potentially have two. I, I would agree with this. And like you said, too, you know, the idea – yeah, it's it's the idea – handcuffing in general is one of those things that if you're in a very deep league, as Chris was alluding to earlier about how your bench changes in a 14-team league as opposed to a 10-team league, but most folks out there are playing 10 to 12. You know, so – I think that when you go deeper, it's it's possibly if it, I mean, if you're a McCaffrey owner and you want to own CJ Anderson, too, and put them together, that makes a lot of sense to me because all of a sudden, you know, definitively who's going to be the guy, you know, if McCaffrey gets hurt. But I, I, I still, you know, I struggle with this because I keep wanting talent on my bench, talent that's going to play, talent that's going to impact. You know, you don't want you don't care about these guys who have I put earlier, if you have X, Y, Z have to happen for them to be relevant, that's tough. I mean, I'm curious, where do you guys think of a, a player like Latavius Murray right now, who all of a sudden, with a lot of this discussion of maybe, especially early on, easing Cook back in, getting a lot of uh, more touches than we expected, does somebody like that all of a sudden become more relevant for you bench-wise? Well, there's for always... me, it does. Go ahead, yeah. No, for me, it does. I mean, that's what I alluded to him earlier. I, I, I strongly feel that way that he's going to be I think he earned himself some touches this year I know there's uh, a different coaching staff there and you know the offensive coordinator and you know things are going to change a little bit obviously new quarterback but I don't think there's any rush for them to like who they play in San Fran week one at home I mean come on I don't think there's any rush for Dalvin Cook to touch the ball 20 times in that football game and if they're up in the second half he's going to get some play and I, I nobody's thinking about starting Latavius Murray week one but I think he has some value in leagues he's much like CJ Anderson where he's I, I have both of those guys in you know the mid 40s but they're falling down where nobody even wants to take a shot on them nobody even wants to draft them but those are guys especially Murray that we've seen before in a role last year we've seen it as fresh as last year in our minds Latavius Murray was fine I think he had six touchdowns in his last eight games he was great. So if anything does happen to Cook or they're up in these ball games, he's going to get some play. It's again a ten-team league. You're probably never going to want to start him in a deeper format in a matchup against a weaker team at home. He might get some play, especially in the second half. Yeah, and that's all depends on your league. Obviously, like Austin Eckler has some of his own value because he's going to be used in the, especially with the loss of Antonio Gates, and he's somebody that's a nice pass catching running back in general. And you also look at the fact of what are they going to be if the person in front of him goes down. So Austin Eckler will see a value increase, but he's not going to turn into Melvin Gordon because he's even more concerning when you talk about the touches per game for given his ability and size. So you always look at all these players and. You, I don't. I, I know a lot of people out there know this, but Chase Edmonds. I said as soon as they drafted him, if anything happened to David Johnson, Chase Edmonds is an RB two. There's not even a question in my mind. So you look at those kind of opportunities where maybe Chase Edmonds 
doesn't ever touch the ball that much unless David Johnson gets hurt, and then you kind of look at the value of your bench. Do you need somebody in a 14-team league? But doesn't that, that is, feel- is that hypocritical in the sense of what you said earlier? I, like, you know, and I'm challenging it because I'm, I've heard you talk about Edmonds before, and I agree right. with you th- theoretically, but do you want to clog your bench up with a guy who's another one of these, well, if, or would you rather just wait and then just blow your entire yeah. fab on him because you know that he's going to be the guy and how good he's going to be? That's what I was getting to before you cut me off. Oh, well, you know, I was I was trying to go all in. I got very excited with the title. No, you're good. No, no. That's, and that's where I was going. That's a good question. That's why I was going there. And what my point was going to be is you can have a Chase Edmonds on your bench. And you can have – because, again, the situation with him is I'd rather own a Chase Edmonds versus a Frank Gore because if anything happens to Kenya Drake, I don't care about Frank Gore. He, okay, yay, he's going to be an RB3, whoop-de-doo. I could find – those guys throughout the season the entire time. His value is never going to skyrocket. If Christian Kirk somehow wins the number two job and then doesn't, and then he's sitting on the bench and then he's waiting and Larry Fitzgerald gets hurt, his value is going to... So I look at people who could potentially skyrocket, and I will own a piece or two of that because if something were to happen, it's a lottery ticket. But he'll probably, to your point, on the reverse side of it, be one of the first people I drop if I need somebody. But I'm not going to fill my entire bench with one or the other. So I'll have a lottery ticket or two like a Chase Edmonds, like uh, uh, probably go back to Austin Eckler, who's somebody I could even possibly use. And then these backup wire like a Gallops and Anthony Miller and somebody like that, who's going to have value anyway, but the ceiling is much higher than a Frank Gore to go back to Greg Jennings. Like Greg Jennings was never entering my lineup ever. I'm talking about Minnesota Vikings, Greg Jennings, obviously. Yeah, I was just going to say, well, you lost a lot of ships back in the day. But, uh, yeah, no. Yeah, a lot of Wisconsin people very upset. <laughs> yeah. Hey, they, they, they got 170 million reasons or whatever it is to – you like that, by the way? It's like Odell Beckham gets his contract and Aaron Rodgers goes, yeah, let me wipe my ass with that. I got one yeah. of my own. Oh, he's a quarterback, you know. Yeah. But, but that's – you know, like, the Giants have set him up in a good spot because – now you've got him and Saquon locked in there for a good long while. So whenever you transition out of Eli, you could drop in a Case Keenum-type quarterback or yes. a young kid and still be a team that's going to be relevant. I mean, I don't love – everybody knows there's there's no love lost between me and and Odell Beckham. I think anybody who's listened to us over the years, that doesn't exist. But oh, in recognizing his, his what they're doing – still face down backwards. Like, I actually debated throwing it out at this point because I don't know. Well, you guys saw gosh. that whole Madden giveaway madness that everybody was doing. I know you yes. guys saw that, right? Yeah, yes. okay. Yeah. I, I got asked to do it. I was it. doing I it. it too. Oh, yeah, so you were doing it, too. So we are, well, I, it's, I'm sorry. I didn't know all 753 people that were doing it, Joe. <laughs> that's why I asked if you saw it. So anyway. Well, I, was, I wonder if you knew because I was doing it with Black Book. That's why I thought you No, I, that's what I'm saying. It's just I kind of lost everything because there was a bajillion of them for those two or three days. Anyway, the point being is one of them I joked, and I guess people thought I was serious, was to win the giveaway. I said, also, tweet Odell Beckham to unblock me. And <laughs> it actually, like, there was a, I'm, I counted it up just out of curiosity. It was over 100. I gave up after that. There was over 100 mentions to Odell Beckham to unblock me, and he didn't. So at this point, it's not happening. If he got no, 100 mentions in one day and he didn't unblock me, then forget it. It's over. That was your chance. Wow, people are fighting in your corner, man. But well, they because he, he doesn't understand sarcasm. Can you freeze him in carbonite? Who the Funko or? Yeah, like can you like have like frozen Odell Beckham? I think you should like do stuff, <laughs> like, you know, like he's like locked in there, or me. I don't, I don't know. I mean, maybe you just like voodoo doll him. Uh, can you? Re- <laughs> Can, well, you know, you got to be careful. With it. You don't, you don't want to screw up your team. I mean, it was already bad enough last year when he got hurt. And stuff. Oh no, 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 I was just gonna like mess up his hair or something. 
uh, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of a clever thing you could do. You know, because you can't return him because he's out of the box. Yeah, you know, right. but I don't know. We'll 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 think on it. Yeah, we'll save it for the next episode that. so people yeah. listen. Yeah. Put him on a boat somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what you should do. You should take a picture of him on like a little tiny <laughs> boat when like <laughs> like with big giant boots. You could probably buy like you know you know some sort of like doll boots or something like from eBay. Put the some Timberlands bugs. on him. Yeah, and then like put him on a little tiny boat like over in the local pond or wherever you are, and take a picture of him and send it <laughs> the to him. Bro, <laughs> say bye. We, I don't we, care about you anymore. You down here in Virginia Beach, of, yeah. we only have one pond. It's the local pond that everybody. Perfect. Knows. That'll do. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you do that. You do a, a picture of him like like a uh, a field goal kicking net like on his head. You like, yeah. do like embarrassing photos and post them on I'm Twitter. I'm still hung up on this pot. Like the local, like, Hey Billy, what do you want to do Saturday afternoon? Let's go down to the local pond and drink some lemonade. I believe it's called the swimming hole. <laughs> the you know, swimming hole. <laughs> <laughs> if oh, we get lost, Lassie can show us the way. There you go. There you go. The oh, swimming hole. The swimming pond. One pond. I think it's got two fish in it, too. Well, and it could have two fish in Odell Beckham. Yeah. All right. So, wait, wait. What was that? Now that I've completely forgot, what was the other player that we mentioned during the whole Christian McCaffrey thing where I said we were going to talk about him, too? Oh, I don't know. Let's talk about Le'Veon Bell. That's more fun. All right. Let's talk about Le'Veon Bell because Monday is Labor. Do you have Labor Day in Canada? That's a legitimate question. Yes. Yes. Okay, I just I wasn't is it the sure. same day as ours, or you have like your own Thanksgiving and everything else. <laughs> it's true, we do have our own Thanksgiving, but yeah, Monday. Exactly. Monday's Labor Day. Yeah, you have a difference. Like you don't have July Fourth, obviously. No, nope, but we have the first July first. Yeah. Do you have Memorial Day? We do. Okay, I was just curious. All right, so Labor Day is Monday. It's everybody Monday. good, good, good cooking out, grilling time. <laughs> I love the yeah. anger underneath Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yes. at, at least you were. Tony Sakata asked me one time if I had Google. That pissed me off. <laughs> I know you were being sincere, but I know I think he was like just trying to. Yeah. Anyways, have you actually have you ever accidentally clicked on something for Amazon that took you to like their UK link and then you can't get back out of it? Yes, yes, I have actually. And like, what, like I don't understand how that happens. And it's like, no, I want to just go back to regular Amazon, and it keeps taking you to like .co.uk. And like I, I don't understand any of the prices because it's all yeah. In any case, all right. So Le'Veon Bell might not be there on Monday. I'm not concerned, Joe, because you, you said you want to bring him up, but I'm not concerned at all because people seem to have a short-term memory and don't remember that this is the exact same conversation we had last year. Was he wasn't mm-hmm. showing up for Labor Day? Yeah, they're gonna change it to Le'Veon Bell Day. Like this is this is crazy. We had to go Maybe back and like Canada. check 2017 to make sure we weren't like reading some sort of resource news. I mean, you could basically <laughs> just anybody who's posting an article about Le'Veon Bell right now, just check the date on it because it very well might be Labor Day of last copy year. Copy paste. Yeah, <laughs> copy paste. Yeah. That would be so balls if somebody had the guts out there to do that. Can like, you here's plagiarize yourself. <laughs> no, I don't think that's possible. We've tried. <laughs> yeah, we've that definitely very tried. True. It, it, means, it means nothing, right? I mean, the, you know, uh, look, he had a little slow start last year, sure, you know, but he also was facing the Browns out of the gate last year, which was a pretty a much better defense. Than I think people gave them credit for at the time. We were giving them credit last year going in, said, so "Don't sleep on the on the Browns defense; they're pretty good." The problem with the Browns defense is they got put way behind by Deshaun Kaiser, who kept turning the ball over every five seconds and keeping him on the field, so they were worn out by the time the third quarter rolled around. But how, you know, he's got the bad. Again. How bad is Brett Hundley if you get? traded to keep Deshaun Kaiser uh pretty bad pretty (laughs) Pretty I I mean also probably I guess at this point less expensive 
I think that's more that's of a true. money thing, yeah. you know, because Hundley's been in the league longer. <clears throat> so I think that's probably it's more like that rookie contract thing would be my guess. But yeah, I mean, let me about look. It doesn't uh, change how you draft him, right? I mean, you no, know, look, that was going to be. Yeah, see, look, this is this is why we do shows together. The three so that's exactly, so insane. Yeah, I, know. Yeah. I was gonna I was gonna go to Chris and then come back to you. And I was gonna say, Chris, if you had a draft tonight, your first four picks. What are the order? Um, well, Gurley. I would go Gurley. If it's a full point PPR, I still think actually like I would take Bell, but I'm half. fine with you have to split the middle. I would go Gurley. I'll go Gurley and then Bell. Bell's number two for me. And that that's just the way it is. I'm not I'm not worried about this. It, it is interesting this time around though with Bell. Um, you know, his whole fake news, he's not gonna report. His agent says he is gonna report, but this is this is like the last year, right? So is Bell going to go all in towards the end of the season or is he going to be playing it safe when Pittsburgh wants to go all in? Because obviously they have Super Bowl goals. They need Bell to be the guy. They've given him the ball 400 times every single year, basically. So is he going to go all in when they want him to go all in or is he going to be thinking, oh, I got to stay healthy because he's had numerous injuries as well, like five of them. He's hurt almost every single year. He's had a couple offseason um, injuries, surgeries, a couple knees, you name it. Bell has, Bell's had some issues. Uh, so that, that to me is interesting, but I feel like he's going to be there playing week one. Joe mentioned the, the slow start we talked about, I mean, I think we think it was three of the four of the first five games, I believe under 100 yards rushing. And I remember having conversations, Kareem Hunt or Le'Veon Bell, Kareem Hunt or Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, That's like how great that, Hunt yeah. was off to the start, but Bell's going to be fine. I'm not worried about him. I'm drafting him. Talked about Connor. You're in a deep league. I'm not talking to 10. I'm talking like 14. Um, Connor would certainly be drafted if I'm a Bell owner. Are you going to finish the question and give me three and four? Three and four, I'll go DJ and Barkley. I'm a little sour on Zeke. I'm a little bit. Really? Um, I have some blind concerns. Don't like the offense. Don't like the team. Stack in the box. I'm I'm not interested. Uh, in a standard league, it changed for me, but uh, uh, I'd rather talking about that DJ next, and Barkley. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not concerned with Zeke. I understand that there's some good logic behind this, the concern about the centers, some good logic behind you know lack of a pass attack necessarily, but I just think... You know, you go back and you look at Ezekiel Elliott's game log from two years ago, and I know the line was completely healthy then, but still, that lo- that game log is monstrous. Well, Every it's led game. the league in rushing yards for but games since it's, he's it's, answered. It's yeah. how he did it, too. and It's it's, it's the consistency of those 100-plus yard games where there's so many attempts, so many yards. It's just it's, it's so many touchdowns. <laughs> it's just one of those things where I, I think is the focal point of the offense. I mean, I look at some of these other guys who've been successful, and we've had runners before in the past who were – lone wolves with not a lot behind them. But I, I think that receiving core is going to surprise people. I think it's going to be better than people's low expectations. But uh, to me, uh, Bell still PPR one, half PPR still one. In the standard, I I think I might go a little safer with the girly. I really, I really do. It's not standard anymore. That's right, because standard right, should be standard super flat. Is... Oh, that, that, that's very true. But that's a show for another time. But it, this, shouldn't, this shouldn't worry anybody. I mean, even if Bell starts off a slow or rusty in a week or so. But I, I'm of the mind that they're going to run him into the ground this year because this is Bell a good chance. Zeke. Bell. Well, both of them. But when we're talking about Bell and concerns, he's well, going to do forget, everything he, wants he to, can. He wants to set the market again next he year. He wants well, to set again. the market for he himself. He this year, too. Well, well he, yeah, he basically did. But another year like he had last year or even better, which is not out of the realm of possibility. I mean, look, it's about money, and some players care about money more than others. Everybody cares about money, but my God. I mean, this is Le'Veon Bell's my chance God. to really cash in. My 
gad. And, and he's I not gonna he's going to sit out every game and forfeit 850k. He's not going to do that. No. So he's going to And play. also, like I said, you know, he still wants, like I said, he wants to set the market that he's been trying to set for the past two years. I go Gurley, Bell, David Johnson, Zeke Elliott. The Zeke Elliott thing, he still has four fifths of the offensive line, and I actually think he's catching 50 balls this year. I, I think they. I agree. I agree with that too. Yeah. I mean, it, you look at his numbers, and he. But you you know, can't count on that. We can project that, but you can't count on it. But I, I agree with that. Well, that's, that's why he's fourth. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got him five. I mean, I got Barkley ahead of him, so it's pretty. We're pretty even here. But, but Chris, if you look at Zeke. Chris, he did his his targets on, per game went up. Hold on, yeah. Saquon Barkley has never played it down in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were good. I knew you were setting it up. I knew it. <laughs> uh, God. Uh, all right, two more it's, quick I'm ones. I'm excited to see it. Um, yeah, yeah. No, it's I again. It's it's a little bit about offense. It, it's split hairs between both of them in my projections. Um, they're both very, very close, Barkley and Elliott. I, I think I agree. Elliott's going to catch some balls uh, more than what we've seen over the past. And we actually did see it last year. There was a good run where he was catching more balls. He was getting more targets uh, because that wide receiver core was a little bit depleted. But, yeah, I mean, I have no problem with Barkley. I just the offense, man, it doesn't excite me. You never see these ta- these backs like they don't finish like one or two in those boring Dud offenses. I just I did not buy into Dallas at all. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna rapid fire here because there's way too much information for not having a show for way too long and trying to get everybody back together to have fun today. So, all right, rapid fire, Joe. Yeah, Marquise Lee out for the year. Rank the Jaguars wide receivers. Uh, crap, crap, and crap. Next. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I keep seeing everyone drop Keelan uh, Cole like. 30th overall wide receiver. I was like, what is it going on? Well, look, my short I, my I real answer is four. My real answer is this. Fine. None of those guys move up considerably. Okay? It's it's they all are exactly where they were. It's still Blake Bortles. It's a situation that's not great. It's just because it's not addition by subtraction. How about that? Okay. I'll go Cole DD Moncrief though to answer your question. Okay. I went Cole Moncrief DD and honestly it wouldn't even surprise me if the I two agree best with are DD and yeah, like Didi and Chark being the best two. I, I would at the end of the year, I wouldn't be like, oh my God, I can't believe that happened. So, all right, Chris, rapid fire. Adrian Peterson, what is he to you? Uh, he's a pass. I don't, I don't, I'm not interested. Um, that That's what he is. He's a pass. as my bench guy. Don't even care. I'm not interested in where he's going right now, but at the right price, I would be interested. RB4? I think, yeah, I think it's an RB4, a guy to slide in on some bye weeks who could have some. He's going to have some good games. I just think he's going to, but he's also going to have games that are, you know, 35, 40 yards and no touchdown. Well, I, I was going to say, if he gets close to 30 carries, you know you bench him the next week. It's very easy. Yes. Well, remember last yes. year? What did we say? Trade, trade, trade. My God, I was, I mean, screaming everywhere I could the entire, every show that week. Have you well, traded see, him yet? That's the thing. Him- Real quick, there's a lot of people that listen to us and a lot of people will push back on Twitter. And then when you say, draft them as an RB4, get a game or two out of them and then try to trade them, they're like, Everybody gonna know that you're doing that. Okay, guess what? <laughs> Everybody knew that last year out of his 30 carries, and people still went bananas rostering him in DFS at 80 percent, trading for him in every single league, blowing 80 percent of their fab to go pick him up. Like people, quote unquote, know, but they really don't. What I've noticed doing drafts for the past couple, people really like Adrian Peterson still. Like I, I like him too. Like I think he had a fantastic career. It's like that smile. But I mean, <laughs> sure, but. He's in the fifties for me, yeah. RB four, RB five. Like I just, I just don't know. Oh, he's got age. Could he's got injury history. He looked, yeah. he looked done last year. There's Chris Thompson, hopefully healthy at some point, and you know, so eating far, into though. the timeshare. 
Well, I'm just saying, like, there, there's a lot of – there's so many negatives when it comes to Peterson that you're asking for so much to happen. And it's funny because uh, drafting and stuff last weekend, you saw all of a sudden after that good preseason game, all of a sudden that stock went zoop, straight up. And I'm sorry, that's not where it belongs. If you got if you got Adrian Peterson in a slow draft when the news came out yeah. and you're like, oh, you plucked him off in a late round, that's great. But the price you're going to have to pay for him, let's say, this weekend is not necessarily the price I'm comfortable with. Yeah. I'm more excited right. about Alfred Morris. To be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I I can't disagree with that comment. <laughs> if if Breed is out, uh, yeah, I agree. With I don't you. agree with the comment, but I'm not disagreeing with it. I'm but it's be- a last round pick. You don't have to spend an eighth round pick on. You're right. That's, true. that's, that's why yeah. I'm saying it. Yeah. All right, a couple more quick fire. Joe Doug Baldwin is supposed to be 80, 85 percent for the entire year. Concern you or not? Oh, uh, it doesn't concern me because I don't own Doug Baldwin anywhere, and I'm not going to. That's because... not the question we're asking. Oh, he's concerned. That's why he's concerned. Oh, uh, well, yeah. So I guess uh, you're right. So I guess that yeah. says yes. I'm concerned. I'm. I'm. Is your Doug level Baldwin of concern is... around 80, 85 <laughs> <laughs> percent? Yep. I think that's a perfect number to put it at. Actually, I'm concerned as well. I've bumped him down my ranks. I, I you know, about a month ago, before this news came out that you know he had a knee issue and he was going to miss the entire preseason. I thought it was a little bit of a red flag, but yeah, it was only preseason. But I mean, him saying he's going to have to deal with this all year, I don't want anything to do with him. It's a red flag, and I, I don't want to take that risk that early for a guy who you've seen go as a top 10 wide receiver. He's more like 15 to me now, 14, 15. Right. Last one, and it might not be that quick fire because it is Chris's team. So oh, there's Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz, not cleared for contact. Alshon Jeffrey, out for at least the first two games. Jay Ajayi. People ignore the fact that he's got bone on bone, looked like he was running with a hitch at the end of last year, especially in the playoffs. His missed time again this preseason, but it's okay. We'll keep drafting JGI inside the top 40. That's cool. That makes sense. All right, Chris, go. <laughs> <laughs> you just nailed it. I mean, Ajayi, just people, do people forget last year that he couldn't even practice? He couldn't even practice at times. That's how wait, bad wait, he, he was. Chris, here's the best counter-argument I've ever seen on this when I mentioned. So I, I don't know if you saw the tweet because it, it, it actually kind of blew up a little bit. I wasn't intending for that. But I said, I don't get the love of the Ajayi. I just said everything I said where bone on bone had this issue. He looked like he had a hitch. He's been missing time already. You're still drafting him inside the top 40. This is the counter-argument I got, Chris. He had bone on bone in college, too. How exactly. That, how is that a good thing? Yeah. Was, no, I mean, I replied to that later of stressing it is, is fine. That's I fine. replied to that tweet, Jake. So I, I know you're a busy guy. I'm, I'm a little bit bummed you didn't see my response, but I agreed with you. And for a giant and Doug you just Peterson, tell me to check the link. Check the link. I think two, you did. I think two you just, years. Wow. That's right. <laughs> check the link, man. I'm laying pipe here. I'm working hard. Um, <laughs> two years. Doug Peterson has only given a running back the ball tw- uh, 20 times twice. And it was Ryan Matthews. And it happened the very first time he coached. I think it was against Cleveland. So he likes to spread the ball around. He's going to continue to do that. Ajay, again, the practice issues. And when he was acquired from the Eagles week nine, when they played the Broncos from then on out, it was Corey Clement who had more touches and targets in the red zone than Ajayi. He's actually the red zone back, thinking that LeGarrette Blunt is now out of town. He's the guy. All these guys are going to be sprinkled in. Sproles, Smallwood's not even going to go anywhere. So it's it's an immediate pass for me. I want nothing to do with Ajayi. It's just a knee issue that's that's held on forever. As for Jeffrey, if you have Ertz, he gets a boost. And Nelson Aguilar, I think, has got great value as well, who led the Eagles in red zone targets last year. He was he was great out of the slot. I think he's a I think he should move up ranks as well. Is Aguilar was Aguilar great because Alshon Jeffrey was there? And I, I posed this question because I talked about it on the Black Book last night. And I made the comment was Aguilar was crap when Jordan Matthews was the only other show in town. They brought in a real guy like Alshon Jeffrey, 
who was mostly healthy last year and played enough to make a significant impact. And I worry that without Jeffrey healthy, that all of a sudden Aguilar might regress a little bit too. That's a good possibility. Yeah, his morning mate now is Mike Wallace. Yeah, and it was not terrible. I mean, Mike Wallace. I don't want to, you know, I've always been a Mike Wallace defender, but it's an upgrade over Trevor Smith. All I know is that no, you know, enjoy exactly. that championship. Okay, to branch right now. off that and to cut off Chris one more time, <laughs> uh, I was going to say is uh, I, one of the things I said about Aguilar when he came <laughs> came out of college. Terrific route runner, and I worried that he peaked in college. And obviously, nobody was saying anything until last year. And all of a sudden, people bring up those tweets from three years ago and start coming. I told you. Oh, oh yeah, really. Thank you for telling me whatever. But to your point is I actually agree with what you're saying, Joe, is I think the presence of Jeffrey actually helped Aguilar because he still is a great route runner, but I think he's I, I think he has a ceiling. I just think that that ceiling I think it was has, last year. That was the ceiling. Yeah, and but the production increased not because up. Aguilar necessarily got better. I just think he fit better in the offense and how he was being used next to Jeffrey, Chris. Yes, because he was yeah, when you talk about uh, Jordan Matthews, Matthews playing the slot like and Aguilar was lost playing some outside like he was not playing his position. That's why they traded Jordan Matthews because they're like, "Wow, Aguilar looks unbelievable here in the slot." And yes, I do agree having Jeffrey on the outside and all those top corner coverage is going to hurt him a little bit. Well, I don't think Jeffrey's going to miss too much time. And you look at the schedule, it's pretty weak. Aguilar is going to be uh, a big part of this offense. I think he's going to get a boost in targets and catches. I think he can certainly, what he did last year, I think he can do that and top it. I, again, I think he's a big part of the red zone as well. I think this team is going to throw the football when they're in the red zone a lot more than they did last year. This Enjoy your championship because I think oh, it's going to be baby. a rough year for the Eagles. It's going to be a rough year. I agree. They have a tough schedule. I mean, the Rams, tough, the Vikings, it's Saints. It's like, schedule, but it's also just – it's also just coming down off that that Cinderella story. I mean, we've seen it a million times. Yeah. It's not, yeah. well, and I actually, I'm I'm comfortable. I'm more comfortable with Wentz than I am with Ajayi. I think Wentz will be fine. Oh, yeah. Give him a couple yeah. weeks. He'll yeah. he'll be exactly what you saw last I year. I could fill in great. with Alex Smith for the first two weeks before. Yeah, Frozen it's Wentz fine. But the problem yeah. I have is this Ajayi discussion. I I have zero shares in any format in any league. Oh, don't say shares, Joe. You're gonna get the people on Twitter mad. Why? What am I? What do you want me to say instead? I don't own I don't, it I don't any know. place. Somebody, somebody raged out at me, Thanks, <laughs> dropping f bombs and stuff because I said I had shares of somebody, and they like I, it's just such a weird thing to lose your mind about to me. But what was the purpose of losing? I don't understand. Like, what, what's your what's your better way to describe it? Oh, well, he, maybe he, their vocabulary he, isn't quite. He as said good as something that. about like he's like I, I, your portfolio over there, Gordon Gecko, and I was like, thank you for your fake person reference from thirty years ago. Like, I mean, what, yeah. what the hell? I didn't know guys who knew who Gordon Gecko was actually know how to use Twitter. So that's that's fun, <laughs> you know. Right, but so, nobody Joe, seen, you get all oh, that okay. stuff, but You're nobody ever does that shares. stuff to me. Because they, oh, because yeah. they know I'll choke them out. That's the problem. <laughs> well, before we get out of here, since you brought that up, I want to get those because I'm choking people out. Season. No, yeah. your Super Bowl the picks, picks. Oh before yeah, let's do it. it. Yeah. Super Bowl pick. Who you got? Um, I'm gonna have the Minnesota Vikings. I am, I am in love with Kirk Cousins. There, it's just, it's this. I'm going to enjoy watching that team, and they've got a backup running back in Latavius Murray. If Cook should go south again, and that I can be capable, I just think it's great defense. They have the quarterback now. I think they take them to that next level. And it's going to be the Patriots. As much as I, I want to go another way and I'm a Patriots fan and not be boring, I look at their schedule and it's hard not to see them just having to win two games at home to go to the Super Bowl again. <laughs> so true. Now, it's, just, it's, it's terrible, but I mean, they, they, have, it. I think they have six built-in wins. They have six built-in wins. And then you look at the rest of the schedule and the games that they have at home. Like there's going to be a couple – like if they won 12 games this year, uh, okay. But I mean – 
no, even with 12, I still think 12 might get them. I the think 12 is easily do. Joe, you know, I said this. There's going to be three AFC East teams inside the top five picks next year. I know. Yeah, the right. AFC is garbage. I mean, it. I feel like, you know, the Pats, we're really going to start to see it here with Solder. You lost your first round pick, Brady. I know it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, here we go again. You know, the wide receiver core, blah, blah, blah. But Edelman comes back, and then you feel like maybe you're a Gronk and Hogan injury away from struggling. But the division is so weak. The schedule is so soft. You really just have to get to the playoffs. And then, of course, it's Belichick. Playoffs. And then you get your two games. <laughs> playoffs. And then it's like, okay, we'll beat the Steelers again, and we'll have another go with the Jags. Well, then uh, who are your picks? Me, it's Minnesota. I agree with Joe as well. Oh, God. I think they win the Super Bowl, but I think they beat Jacksonville. Ooh. I like Blake Bortles in the Super Bowl. See, Listen, I just can't say those words. Off, I they laid off. I know. It's Blake Bortles. We've seen crap. Rex Gross. We've seen garbage hey. quarterbacks in the Super Bowl before. Oh, hey, they they played their... one last year. Hell. Yeah. And they, but they laid off off the gas man i really feel like they learned a little bit of something from playing new england from beating the steelers having three playoff games with bortles and then playing in new england and just kind of going toe-to-toe uh at least till the end of it i think that they learned something everybody I, hey, everybody's got a plan against the patriots so they get into the third quarter with a lead and then they all just yeah, show but, but i feel good that they had that opportunity and that i think so that and that's how i feel about the rams yeah. too like they're a yeah. team that got to experience like they were yeah. so good in the regular season and they're like oh okay so it's that next level stuff that's got to take us to, you know, through the playoffs. No, okay. By the I way, know. if the Jaguars are in the Super Bowl, it's Cody Kessler, not Blake Bortles. I'm just letting you know. Cody Kessler. <laughs> My God. Mike All right. So, where's that guy yelling at you about the shares? Bring him back. Yeah. All right, so I'm gonna make. I'm gonna stick to my picks that I've made two months ago. Although the one pick, they have already lost seven thousand people to injury, and that's just what they do oh, every single year. Yep. So it's the Chargers of the AFC, but uh, again, they've already lost. Wait, like they kidding the aside, got that thing. I just worry about that. I know they've already lost two significant pieces on defense. Really. In every I IDP league, I want to take Bosa, and every one I stop yeah. and I go, oh, that foot. Uh, just you know, I don't know. It's and one of those cursed. injuries. They are. They are. They're, I heard they're like, going to carry two kickers week one. No, <laughs> oh, no I can't pick that. Oh my God. No, stop. No, just uh, they're off my list. They're banned. Oh. Yeah, forget. I, 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 I would pick everybody else then. If that actually put it this way, if that actually happens. I'm switching to the Patriots. Forget it. Screw it. Uh, but in the NFC, I am taking the Saints. And that's actually also who I have taking the Super Bowl because then Drew Brees retires like John Elway. I can All see right. that. I can yeah. see that. Yeah. John Elway. And then they start the future of Teddy Bridgewater next year. I can't it's, see that. Yeah, that's that's a big drop off. <laughs> it is, but he fits he the offense very similar. You know, good for the Jets getting a third round pick. Yes. I mean, a third round pick for, for Teddy Bridgewater. How did they swing that? How about the Jets making shrewd moves? I know. I I feel like Benny is on like a suicide watch. Our boy. I Benny was gonna say, go like, pack your crap, humans. It's over. <laughs> yeah, like the Jets are like making good moves because now you got two threes. You could move those up into the second round. You can do a lot of things. I I suggest that they take one of those threes in their first rounds. It's gonna be an early round pick. We all think it's gonna be a a lottery, uh, you know, early round lottery kind of situation. Anyway, that why not? Uh, Hell, why not go get Khalil Mack and and add him to that? Uh, get a real pass rusher, you know. Go get him. Ra- Raiders are stupid. The Raiders anyway, are stupid. The Raiders so, are one stupid, to three. Man. I think Come you can get on. Khalil Mack if you're the Jets, and that would be it's better than anybody you're drafting. Probably you already got your quarterback in the future. So, Joe. Yes. Where does everybody follow you? Check out your stuff <laughs> and check the uh-huh. link. Check you can check all my links at JoePCPS17. Uh, subscribe to the Fantasy Black Book. Uh, podcast everywhere you can listen to podcasts everywhere uh, and also the fantasy black book 2018 number one in football books and uh, number one in fantasy sports and in number one 
in our hearts and minds. Oh, and I'll be on fan track stuff, doing uh, stuff hopefully on Sundays too. Meanie and I will be doing some things. Uh, so keep an eye out. We'll do some interactive fun like Facebook, you know, check the link, get your line up straight and all that stuff, Q&A kind of stuff. So it'll be fun and interactive. What's the, what's the opposite of interactive? Uh, you. <laughs> Thank you. You are. Chris, <laughs> <laughs> follow your stuff after that. I uh, nice. love the black book. Killing it, Joe. Uh, at Chris Meany. So we'll be doing some, as Joe mentioned, we'll be uh, taking care of some questions and stuff like that on Sundays. And fantasy uh, football podcasts. And again, uh, if you're into DFS, I know, Jake, I think you'll be doing some stuff with the footballers again this year, won't you? Some yeah. DFS stuff. So yeah, check that out. I uh, love working with those guys. Uh, so you know, the antonym of interactive is disassociated. So there you go. There you go. In you got that, Gordon Gecko? Ever, yeah, in case you really want to know. Do you have enough shares uh, of that vocabulary, Gex? <laughs> and this is why you're going to be listening to the brand new All In Sports. You know where to follow me, at All In Kid and at The Athletic. And I will continue to have great friends and guests, as I did, to start things off with two of the best, and Joe Pizzati and Chris Meany. So make sure you come back next week on Tuesday. What day? Monday, Monday, Tuesday, Tuesday. Go listen. 